The Behavioral Corner is produced in cooperation with Retreat Behavioral Health, where healing happens. Hi and welcome, I'm Steve Martorano and this is The Behavioral Corner. You're invited to hang with us as we discuss the ways we live today, the choices we make, the things we do, and how they affect our health and well-being. So you're on the corner, the behavioral corner. Please hang around a while. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the behavioral corner. It's me again, Steve Martorano, holding fort here on the uh, intersection of everything and everything else. The behavioral corner, what we do is... um, we, we talk about those decisions, those events in our lives, the choices we make, and how all of that conspires to give us the life we have and the way we feel about it, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Uh, it's a podcast, as I tell everybody, uh, that is, uh, it's all modesty, about everything, because that's pretty much what affects us. It's all uh, underwritten by our great partners in this endeavor, Retreat Behavioral Health, about which more a little bit later. Well, you know, let's let's jump right into this because we are not so far removed from the uh, the slap heard around the world, which when when Will Smith hit Chris Rock, he uh, graphically illustrated, I think, the zeitgeist of a lot of people um, who are angry. Uh, we seem to be in some kind of golden age of anger, which is probably not unusual. Anger is an emotion. What seems to be peaking, though, is uh, people's inability to not control it, but to channel it, to make sure it doesn't result in dangerous and destructive behavior. Because you can be upset uh, at something someone said about your wife, uh, real upset about it. But what you really can't do is walk up and smack somebody in the face. Uh, So we're talking about that. We're talking about anger and how to uh, manage it. So what do you do? You go get somebody who is here on the corner with us, who has over three decades now of experience in this field. Arlene Foreman is our guest on the Behavioral Corner. Arlene is a certified anger management therapist, and we welcome her to the program. Hi, Arlene. Nice Uh, to be here. I thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's uh, it's our pleasure to have you. And I know you should be very busy, so I won't keep you (laughs) very long. (laughs) Uh, um, so let me ask you about that. My, my premise that this is some kind of golden age of anger. I know everybody says that the age we live in is the craziest of, of all, uh, but what have you seen over the, over the, your experience with regard to the prevalence of anger and people's and it's destructive as a destructive force? Have you over 30 years experience, have you seen it get worse? That's a good question. I don't see it get worse in the session because that's who comes here 30 years ago. Ang- people who have issues with anger come. So I, if I were going to look at a broad view of all the people, then it would only be my feeling when I'm out on the blue route and I watch how people drive. Look, we're all the same. We all exist in the same sort of space. So yeah, you're on the blue route. I don't suspect you've ever been involved in a road rage incident <laughs> but now you see more of it road rage was not a phenomenon 30 years ago not the way it is today people are on a hair trigger and i just uh, wondered whether you see that in your office you're right though you're the people that are coming to you have already recognized they have a problem or someone told them they had a problem and they're there for help so uh, let me ask you about them 
you know, who are they and how do they get to you? Under what circumstances are they theirs? Because someone told them they had to go? The two biggest reasons, their wives make them come or they're leaving or their boss makes them come or they're fired. Once in a while, I get somebody who says, I'm sick and tired of my behavior. Help me. Once in a while. But mostly that's who comes. You know, why do you suppose that it's so hard for people to, it sounds like it's harder for people to recognize that they have anger issues than, you know, maybe some other mood disorder. You say they're there usually under duress. Someone said, get in there and get help. And fewer times do they say, I'm tired of this. Why do you think that is? You know, when I tell my clients, like, we didn't get a rear view mirror. We don't get to see ourselves. Part of the way I work with anger is get out here and have a watcher and take a look at your behavior. Without a watcher, we don't know. We can't see how we behave. If I'm behaving in an angry way, it's because I feel it's the right thing to do. Well, that's that's what I was just about to say. The reason people probably lack self-awareness of their of their issue with anger is that generally you think you're right. Right. And, and but someone, people mostly so, are not self-aware. It's the most important work I do is teaching people to step outside themselves mm-hmm. and watch. And again, it's the it's the issue of anger, which, after all, is just, in one sense, a garden variety emotion. Um, right. I mean, we 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 are happy. We are sad. We are melancholy. There are a number of ways to feel. Anger is the issue, though, that if there is an abundance of it, you have a problem. I mean, no one goes to see a therapist because they're too happy, right? No. <laughs> we can have abundance of anger. It's not about anger. It's about behavior. That's where you. Yeah, I can be really angry at you. That doesn't give me the right to sit here and swear at you and call you names and make you feel bad. That's the problem, not the feeling. So is it typical for you? And I guess there is no typical session for you, but I guess the last thing you would say to a client or a patient is, oh, you shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't feel that way. Anger is built into our nervous system. You can't not be angry, but you can decide how you want to act on it. It's all about the behavior. When you say we're hardwired, so that makes anger a kind of defense mechanism. It's a, a way we were able to survive. There are things that are supposed to make you angry, correct? Well, back here is the amygdala, Mm -hmm. an organ inside the brain that's there for one reason, survival. And anger is an aggressive feeling to attack for survival. A million, two million, five million years ago in the savannah, we're animals. We're mammals, whether we like it or not. And when we're threatened, the amygdala says, go get them. You know, I'm an animal, but I have a prefrontal cortex that says, wait a minute, amygdala, chill out. You're not going to (laughs) die. Arlene Foreman is our guest. She is a certified anger management therapist. And that's why we're here together 
for you to get, shed some light on that moment between the back of your brain and the front of your brain, right. which uh, most of us are able to uh, navigate. We're, we're able to make that pause, but many, many others just are not. Take us through some of the established techniques you've had success with in getting that pause to work. There is a relatively new kind of therapy, and it's called ACT, Acceptance Commitment Therapy. And the whole premise of ACT is I step outside myself. I call it my watcher. I step outside my watch self and I watch my feelings. Let's say anger. I watch the anger. I go inside what's going on in my body, tightness in my chest, my throat is starting to hurt. I see my face tightening up. I'm watching all of that. And I have, and this is an important word, a willingness to sit in it. I can't generate anger feelings if I want to. My body does it. My nervous system does it. And I watch, and if I sit and I'm quiet and I watch that body, that nervous system quiets down. The very act of pulling outside of myself calms down the nervous system. How do you help people get to that moment of reflection when you, when you as you say, you're out here observing rather than reacting? It seems to me, in my experience, the anger button or the anger trigger is hair. It's a hair trigger. There's there's not much reflection when the guy cuts you off on the highway and your anger. H- how do you slow the process down? With rehearsal. You know, the Soviets, like in the 1950s, they figured out that if you're rehearsing shooting a ball into the basket, but there's no ball and there's no basket. The brain still makes changes just from imagining. And I think they took away some gold medals from that. And they taught us all about the power of rehearsal through imagination. So if I have an issue with anger, every time I see you, it really makes me mad. And I sit quiet and I bring you into my awareness. And I allow myself to get angry and I get my watcher out and I sit with it. And when I feel like I'm quiet, we call it defused. When I'm quiet enough, I ask myself, what's really important? Well, what's really important is I want Steve to hang out with me. So then I start acting that way. Mm -hmm. One time of rehearsal, not going to do it. You know, it takes like around 21 days to make it shift, but I think it's like around 60 days. You got it. It's in your brain. I wonder if you agree that if we could see ourselves on tape, videotape, authentically being angry, whether that would have a shocking effect on us. Right. Well, that's what the watcher's about. That's exactly right. I don't know. I don't know because I don't have a rear view mirror. Arlene, is, is part of the problem with getting a handle on this is that we, uh, the lay people, and I guess maybe some less gifted therapists, have the 
you know, the cart before the horse. We keep talking about anger, 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 and miss what we're really talking about is that how do you act when you're mad? It's okay. That's to be- everything. All right. That's the that's the key. How do you the behave? Pro- the only problem with anger is I shoot myself in the foot. I can sit quiet, steaming at you, and I act appropriate and set myself up for heart disease. So it's not really healthy if I'm doing it a lot. Yeah. But other than that, that's why the therapy is called act. Everything is about how I decide to act. Well, we, you, you mentioned the relaxation. Uh, uh, you, you've also mentioned managing the actual physical reaction to being angry, right. managing it, slow your breath down. Notice your eyes are bulging. You're beginning to perspire. Get a handle on that. Um, or, or does this happen at some other point? I know you, you're, uh, you talk about identifying the root of the anger. In other words, you may think it's the guy that cut you off that has caused this reaction. Maybe there's something else. Is that what you mean by identifying the root? It's good to know the root, but vital to decide how to act. So if you have a limited amount of time to focus, focus on the behavior. If you've got enough time to explore where this is coming from, you know, I read with Will that he grew up. Did you hear that story? He grew up in a home where his father was abusing mother and he stood by and watched helplessly. He couldn't protect his mother. Well, guess what? There it was on stage, played out. Uh, It's amazing. He chose the single worst moment to uh, deal with that trauma. It's an amazing moment. My guess, his amygdala fired off and the prefrontal cortex couldn't stop it. Uh, You know, people are already complaining you're making too much of this and we're talking. I I don't think we've made enough of it. I think think it was so spectacularly inappropriate. Uh, It was so completely out of character, so unnecessary that it, given the age we're in, it's time to look at what happened there. Because something you else, else you just said about this, looking for the root, there are instances, you're right, where things are happening so quickly, your first concern is your behavior. And if you have the luxury of time, you'll look at the root causes. I mean, politics works like that. There is a uh, former president who shall go nameless, who arouses tremendous anger from his detractors. That's the situation where it would be probably more helpful not to say I shouldn't be angry at him, but to find out what it is that's bothering. Is that what you're saying? At the moment, no. I'm going to say over and over. At the moment, it doesn't matter what's bothering me. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I have to act on my own value. That's everything. You know, one of the damaging things that Will did is I'm going to go back into the body. There's something called the polyvagal nervous system hardwired in us, and it needs to feel safe. The hall that the Academy Awards was in and the people that were there all made a contract. If you come here, you'll be safe. So that nervous system 
could take a back seat and say, well, then I don't have to get the amygdala watching all the time. We're safe here. And then Will said, no, you're not. What happens when uh, the angry person feels that their anger is a result of an existential threat? In other words, the anger feels like it did thousands and thousands of years ago. The threat is existential. It could destroy me. Are they justified then in using violence? I'm going to get my watcher out. And my watcher is going to look and say, is that just a thought? Or is there somebody with a gun pointed to my head? Or is it a play toy? What I've got to watch is what kind of thoughts is my brain generating from the amygdala that have nothing to do with what's real. And that's what I've got the watcher for. This is really dangerous. And I have to do something. And maybe I have to go after your throat if I think I'm going to die. But you know what animals do in that place? They don't go after the throat. They run. They'll attack if they're cornered. But if they have a choice, they run. Were you, uh, and I don't, I don't mention this to in any political sense whatsoever, only in the context of what you do for a living. Were you shocked at what happened on January 6th in the United States Capitol? There were a lot of people that were angry. I was mortified. Absolutely. Mortified. You saw all of the negative consequences of not being able to handle anger played out large, right? Right. Or I don't know if they even want it. I wonder if they use the anger to justify their behavior to take them there. There are people that are addicted to anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they, it's like a trip for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There, there are people who relish confrontation, uh, right. think they thrive in that context, and others who just shy away from that kind of thing. Anger is a lot of different things. I know that one of the topics you spend some time talking about, uh, I think it was you anyway, but I'm sure you can you know, there's justifiable anger, there's garden variety anger, and then there's toxic anger. No, there's just anger. Okay. And it's toxic when the behavior violates my own values. It's toxic. What happens when one's values are in line with their anger? I saw it once. I had a client come in and, and the conflict he had with his wife is he wanted to teach his son retribution on the playground, that if somebody hits you, you hit them back. And he wanted me to support him. And I said, I don't support retribution. Go find a therapist that will help you get better retribution with your kids. Goodbye. That's good advice. A couple of other things about techniques. You talk about compassion a lot um, and empathy. Empathy in particular seems to be in short supply. How do you advise people to build an empathetic attitude? Here's what I tell them. Forget the empathy, the compassion for the other person. For me, if I have empathy and compassion for you, I see creep love hormones. It heals me. It's nice if you get a benefit too, but it heals me. 
So that's the main reason that I tell people the healthiest thing you can do for yourself is compassion for yourself and compassion for other people because anger pumps adrenaline and cortisol. They're killer hormones in excess. Oxytocin is a love hormone. Well, if we get to pick, why not act with a love hormone? It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Arlene Foreman, let me ask you a couple of other things that might make your job more difficult. We, um, we live in a culture now where they have made a commodity of practically everything. Um, and certainly anger, anger is a commodity. There is an anger industry in this country. Now, on the one hand, while there's always been anger and always will be, uh, I don't know that it has been um, industrialized to the extent it has. Does that make your job more difficult? No. And the reason it doesn't is because I have a way that's been researched for 20 years that works. So if anybody is saying that, you know, I want to clean up the way I behave with my anger, I say, I'm glad to help you. Do you advise people, though, that that with regard to some of the activities that they're engaged in, some of the programs they watch, the books they read, the people they pay attention to are exploiting their anger? Absolutely. Right. They're using them because people get an adrenaline rush from it. And see, we get back to hormones. You know, the body likes a good shot of ad adrenaline, even if it'll kill you. You know, uh, finally, this is just a question that I think my wife <laughs> wanted me to ask you, so I will. Does venting help? Makes it worse. <laughs> I said, uh, when she asked me, she said, ask her if venting helps. And I went, you know, if venting doesn't help, my head's going to explode. I always thought that you get it off your chest, you blow up. and then No, nope. you, but the way you do it is you get your watcher out. Mm -hmm. There's a kind of breathing called sky breathing, where you breathe four in, four pause, eight out. You do that for a minute or two and the anger dissipates. But for you to stand in front of your wife and scream and yell at her because you're fanning your anger and it makes you feel good. It does. And that poor woman now needs a Xanax. <laughs> I was using us as a hypothetical. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Arlene, I could talk about this a lot. Uh, we're uh, delighted that you uh, joined us. You're not going to run out of clients anytime soon, so we hope we can call <laughs> upon you in the future. We will uh, be delighted to put your phone number. You do all of your work now virtually, right? Right, exactly. So wherever you're hearing this or watching this podcast, uh, if you want more information, you can contact uh, Arlene. We will have contact numbers for you so you can reach her. Arlene, thanks again. My joy, you're welcome. Everybody take care. It's been fun being here. I enjoy doing it with you. Oh, great. Well, we'll do it again uh, real soon. Uh, see you guys next time on The Corner. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Millions of Americans are negatively affected daily by their mental health. Retreat has served the community for over 10 years, offering comprehensive mental health programming through our mental health division, Synergy Health Programs. To learn more about Synergy, please reach out today at 855 802 66 Zero, zero.
that's it for now. And make us a habit, hanging out at the Behavioral Corner. And when we're not hanging, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On the Behavioral Corner.